Hi, this is John Hersey. Welcome to another episode of Travel by Pet Sitting. I'm John Hersey. And I'm Beverly Bellary. And we are now outside of Miami. Is that right? We are in Coconut Grove, Florida. That's right. It's about 80 degrees. <laughs> and it's real nice. <laughs> right. We're coming down from a pet sit we did in Georgia. And we just, um, we've had several pet sits because of what's happening with the world right now. We've had several pet sits cancel which has given us a lot of time to tour around. Normally we're doing very little touring and we're doing more or less back-to-back pet sits. Not now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have, people always ask us, what's your favorite pet sit? What's been your favorite experience? What's been your favorite? And we just can't pick out a favorite. So what we've decided to do is that we're gonna go through uh, the first three pet sits that we took on internationally and just talk about them and some of the stories behind it and some of them are funny and some of them are weird. <laughs> you know, the, the, the reason we're going to do this partly is because every one of our pet sits is unique and different and has its own memories, it has its own stories. Um, so it's very hard to say this one was better or that one was better because they're all unique. So we'll show you what we mean by that. I Seriously, I really cannot pick a favorite. I can't. I keep trying to, but it's, you know, I keep saying, okay, this is the best all over pets, all around pet sit, and it's just not the It's best. like some people ask us, what, which country that you've been to is your favorite? Can't answer it, sorry. Or which daughter's your favorite? Can't answer that. I'm, you know, I that's, think about that once in a while. I can't. You know, I love them both, and they're both completely different. So there you have it. So we start. We're going to start out with our first three pet sits in England. We had done some in the U.S. through the, uh, our portal, which is the Trusted House Sitter portal, and we decided to take the big step and go international. However, we were a little cautious. We decided we were going to do the less risky one or the less terrifying one, and that was in, in England, because they speak the same language. Yeah, we had to learn how to drive on the other side of the street, and we really didn't know our way around England. However, uh, it just seemed easier to ease into it. If I may, the other reason for it was we had spent a month in Rome, a month in Naples, a month in Palermo, and a month in uh, Morocco. And that was sort of the plan, is that we were going to travel the world, we were going to spend a month in every place that we went to. Not pet-sitting. And not pet-sitting, just do an Airbnb. And what we noticed was, A, that gets a little expensive, and B, there was something missing. And the missing piece was animals. Yeah. That we just didn't have a connection to the, you know, the connection that we were looking for, at least. There's also a different relationship. When you have pets in the equation and you're touring around, you really get into this kind of like the subculture. You do. Yeah, it becomes less touristy and more really authentic and sensational. And we happen to love that feeling of hanging around with locals and doing local stuff. We don't, um, we don't need to do a lot of the tours. No, we don't need to do. We don't do any touring while, to speak of while we're doing the sits because I think we've said this before is that our responsibility is to the pets and to the homeowners, and it's not for us to go to wherever we're going to and have a good time touring around doing museums. Uh, I will personally never forget, uh, we were pet-sitting for Kiko, the dog, in Ventura, California. There were some cats there, too, and we, it was raining the whole time we were there, and it was muddy, and we took Kiko for a walk. We met a whole bunch of people in the dog park, 
and we told them that we were going to go to such and such a place to eat. And they went, no, you don't want to go there. <laughs> you don't want to go there. The locals go to such and such a place. And they started to string off this list of places where the locals eat. Um, that the food's better, the service is better, it's less expensive, it's nearby, whatever it might be. And that was our first little glimpse at how you could get connected to that subculture. Yeah, it was really, it was, that was really fun. It was. And it was really rainy and wet. It was awful. <laughs> but that's, that's okay. And Kiko didn't pay any attention to it. She loved playing with the other dogs. So we, we started applying for pet, possible pet sits in England. And, uh, and we got one. And I can remember being so excited and terrified at the same time. Like, oh boy, how are we going to do this? How do we get over there? You know, what are we going to do? How are we get, what, where will we fly into? What's the best airport in London to fly into? Then do we get a, get a car? Or are we going to take a train? Or just the logistics. I'm so glad we did it in England first. It was such an easier way of getting into because it. Because of the lack of a language barrier, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have been one thing too many. And um, I remember we got our car. <gasps> and you were driving. You were driving. I'll never forget. You called it the proper side. You were the proper the side proper of the proper side. The proper side of the street. You were actually very comfortable with that. Well, I, I no no. I, I hate to correct you in you public, but I I wasn't so comfortable. I had driven in England before, but it had been in many years ago, um, and it was I was there on business. But um, I can remember picking up the car in Southampton, and we were driving just east of Southampton to a little town called Swanwick. It's right on the water, right on the ocean. Right on the ocean and just up the street. It was right up the street from a marina. Mm -hmm. And I, oh my God, I was a wreck the whole time. We rented a VW Golf. Uh, and I, <laughs> You're six I can remember three. <laughs> I was a wreck on the one hand, but on the other hand, uh, it went fairly smoothly, I thought. That yeah, first... I was surprised they even gave us a car. That's how <laughs> everything was a surprise for me. But I do remember we went an hour early and yes. did a drive-by drive because by. we wanted to make sure we knew, we knew how to get there. <laughs> and we, if there were any roundabouts, we wanted to make sure we knew how to navigate the roundabouts so that we didn't end up staying on the roundabout for four days or whatever it might be because it's very different and it's very stressful uh, but we managed it, and we got to the house. And you remember, this was this hadn't happened to us. Now we've done several pet sets before this nationally, but the owner wasn't there, and the friend of the owner actually introduced us to the house and all of that, which was okay. I'm, I, we always like to meet the owners and get everything firsthand. But then we met Finn. Finn. <sighs> Finn um, is, um, and we get updates on Finn all the time, Finn is a labradoodle, and he is just the most adorable, the most cuddly, the most friendly. Um, I have some issues with his ability to navigate, which we'll get in in a second, into in a second. But we had actually done a video call um, with the owner with the owner on FaceTime, I think it was, or mm -hmm. something, and. And she showed us around, and she introduced us to Finn as best she could, and we chatted, and we got to know Susan, and uh, it was terrific. And But it was a little odd that the, the her friend took a train from wherever she took it, from London or something, or Southampton, and 
she showed us around and, and did the transfer, if you will. Which is what you normally do. Uh, now, very often, a lot of pet sitters have no trouble with that, but we were so new. It was such a new, and it was international. And on top of that, the house looked fairly modest from the advertisement they did on the website. But when we got there, we found out it had an indoor pool, it had a media room, it had saunas and a gym. gym and So it was a little bit more complex. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah, I got to watch my language. <laughs> yes, but you do. <laughs> yes, it was, it was way over the top as far as we were concerned. Um, for us, and but it was a great fun. backyard. Oh, it was so comfortable. Decks. And then it was up against a park or a preserve. Yes. And that is where normally Finn walked. And very often when we start a pet sit, the owners will, will walk together, which is a really good thing because if there's any kind of leash issues or car issues or whatever, it comes out in that initial walk. But of course, it, that wasn't the case. But Susan, the owner, did say, Oh, Finn's used to this. She walks it all the time. And actually, her girlfriend said the same thing. Yeah, right. He'll lead you around. There is no problem. It was an absolutely beautiful, beautiful preserve. And it was right down the street from a great pub um, that (laughs) welcomed welcomed Finn with open arms. (laughs) Dog friendly. Everywhere dog friendly. We actually met a guy named Dave and his dog named Abby and... She and Finn became best friends. Oh, yes. And Dave was like the official greeter. He had been going to this pub for 30-something years, and it, it wasn't the same name, but it had changed hands several times, and he just greeted people and said hello, and at one point said, well, why don't you meet me um, back here on Saturday? Because I only come Saturdays and Sundays. That's all I allow myself. And I came, we came back, and he got the um, owner or the manager of the place to give us a lesson. Do you remember that? Yeah, beer and ale, because we didn't know, we really didn't get the distinction between the two. Lagers and all that. It was yeah. really quite interesting. Typical thing when you do pet sitting. This is very, very typical, because there's just a, it's, you're more like a local, and people seem to reach out, and it's been our experience, that they just want to introduce you, and they, and brag about their town, or their tavern in this case, their pub. Yeah. So that was interesting, and that's the, one of the first lessons, you know, if, you, if you're uh, thinking about, first of all, if you're thinking about starting to pet sit, um, first of all, do it locally to start. I mean, don't sort of jump in and decide you're going to pet sit in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you get your feet wet doing two or three or four that way. The second piece is, you know, I'm not the most outgoing person in the whole world. Uh, in fact, I may be on the lower half of that. Um, I just am not... Anyways, um, I'm the one that struck up a conversation with Dave. Because you had the dog. Uh, because he actually started the conversation, initiated the because conversation. Because you had the dog. <laughs> but if you're outgoing, if you allow yourself to be outgoing and introduce to people, it's amazing where they'll take you. Yeah. Great places. And Dave did. That was re- that was really remarkable. Yeah. It was really fun. So remember the day that we went for a walk with Finn? Yeah, that trustworthy dog that will show us where to go. He knows where he's going. He mm-hmm. he'll don't worry about him. He's he's like a setter. He's like oh, he knows exactly where to go at all times. Yeah, he's done this. He does Wrong. this walk every day. Uh, and you know the owner will tell you how many times a, the dog gets walked and for her, how long. And in this case, it's just we'll just go out in the preserve and 
Uh, he has the root, no problem. We went, okay, fine. Three hours later, <laughs> we are lost beyond lost. Uh, at one point, I had to get on my hands and knees and go under a barbed wire fence. This, that, by the way, was not necessarily a pretty sight. Which Bev did photograph. Six foot three and a little, not as not as smooth as you could be. It right. Wasn't as smooth. I was a little heavier then than yeah. I am now. Yeah, that too. And we were breaking into a marina that actually was That's right. That's so right. thin, this little rascal. But... Then we had then we had to climb over a locked fence. Yeah, to get in. Uh, to get into further into the marina. Yeah, and Finn was able to squeeze through that little thing there. Yeah, and that. But you remember, I met that guy. We were still lost, by the way. So we saw this guy, and he reminded me. He that looked. He sounded like and looked like Hugh Grant. Oh, Hugh was... Grant with a beard. <laughs> um, I mean, you would have sworn it was Hugh Grant. He, he wasn't, but you could have sworn it. He laughed a lot, and he gave us really good directions. We asked him where the pub was, and he told us. We managed to meander on back to the house. It was really wonderful. But the other interesting thing with this pet sit was, this is the first international one, just reiterating that, was another pet sit. We were doing them back-to-back, and there was another pet sit about an hour and a half from there, and um, that was locked up, and we had a... We were really literally going from this one right up to the next one, get the introduction with the um, the pets and the owner, and they were taken off the next day. And so what had happened was um, this first pet sit, the owner got a little confused about the uh, scheduling because they went through the day, what do you call it, the day change, you know, in, in their travel plans. Yeah. And the second pet sit had done the same thing. And so what happened was we would have overlapped the pet sits by two or three days, two days, I think. Something two like or three that. Days. So uh, we called the first, this, we had the first one set up ahead of time. So we felt it only right that we say, listen, there's another pet sit, which we had booked, but they got the, the scheduling wrong. Um, would you mind if John and I break up? And we just felt it was so only- So to speak. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, so and they had no problem with it at all and so you drove me up with Finn remember we met the owner and we went for a walk with their puppies and Finn to go all together actually we didn't bring Finn because the second homeowner said don't bring Finn we want to make sure that the the dogs and the cats and everything get used to you there were two dogs at the time there's now one um so we didn't bring Finn, but the hour and a half was fine going. It took me a lot longer than an well, that's hour and a half dro- to get back. When you dropped me off, when you dropped me off, yeah. sure. This was just the first introduction. Oh and right, so that was right. Ter- that was terrific, and I'm I'm a little surprised. I did think that Finn was with us, but we will, we have these little memory lapses between us. <laughs> so so what happened was we did that, and so John stayed by himself down with Finn and finished up that pet sit. And then you hightailed it up when it came to a close, when Rebecca and everyone came home, he closed it out, reviewed anything to do with the dogs. We we do regular communication, by the way. We generally do videos of the pets, um, regular updates on the pets, because our goal is to make sure that the homeowners feel, have total peace of mind when it comes around to their pets are being taken care of and they just need to enjoy themselves or travel with ease. I think we, in the last episode we mentioned that we always ask the owners 
what uh, social media do they prefer to use? So right. a lot of them in, in internationally use WhatsApp. Absolutely. So we started using WhatsApp. Um, Great app. And, and that's where we put all the videos and all the connection with the homeowners. So Bev is ever so great about doing that. So what happened was John dropped me off at this wonderful second pet sit. I mean, absolutely beautiful. It was in an antique farmhouse um, way out. I mean, you could go for miles and not see another this house. This was Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> really Little House, yeah. <laughs> it was nothing for miles. Uh, yeah, um, but beautiful. It was just gorgeous. Their kitchen had a potbelly stove and they had easy chairs and big cooking areas. And then the den had cozy couches. And we had Domina or Domino. I called her Domina because I thought that was more feminine. And then uh, who was a working cocker. And then we had Zula, who was a ridgeback. And then two cooney cooney pigs. Um, Ham, Hamlet? Hamish. Hamish. Yeah. And Greta. And Greta, that's right. And so that was the houseful that you dropped me off at, right. and they took off. And now you need to understand the backstory, which was as soon as we arrived in England, uh, and the day we arrived, it was ten degrees. Uh, it was cold, 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 and they were anticipating the arrival of what they called the beast from the east, which was a snowstorm. Um, and it was on its way, and everybody was talking about it, and everybody was worried about it. Well, the beast from the east was supposed to hammer um, Hampstead Norries, where this second house sit was. So everybody was really anxious and nervous and talking about it, etc. And here Bev was alone in hey. this farmhouse with not a neighbor to find. So there was a ramp up to the beast of the east because I think you were actually there. Remember, we were at an inn um, uh, having lunch yep. when the owners called us and said, "You better get back to the farmhouse." Yep. So, but before it, there was a mass. There was a massive snowstorm just warming up for the beast of the east, and I had everyone who, if you've ever worked with a ridgeback, they're highly energetic. They need to really be worked every single day for a long time. And it takes them a little bit of time to build up trust. Just a, just a little bit. I just loved this dog. However, the dog decided to test me a little bit. Just a little. Yeah. And so for one of our walks in the afternoon, they were off lead because there were just acres and acres of nothingness. And they were whistle trained. So I was, should have been able to call them in with the whistle. But, and, Domino absolutely was by my side all. She was checking on me. And so Zula just disappeared. And I couldn't find her. And I was blowing the whistle till I was blue in the face. And so I came back to the, um, to the farmhouse. And I talked to, they had a office, if you remember. They worked out of there. And I went to the gals yeah. in the office. I said, okay, I'm nervous. And they said, oh, don't worry about it. Zula goes out like that all the time. Don't. It's not a problem. Don't She'll worry. She'll come back. She'll come back. She'll come back. Of course, well, I'm nervous. Not my dog. Very nervous. So, but she did. She came back. Everything was fine. Loved it. Terrific. So, in the evening, we took I took them out for their last, you know, evening poo and pee. And I think it was around 10 o'clock at night that I put them out. It was pitch black. The snow was starting to come in. It started snowing in the afternoon. The snow was coming in. And I put them out. In my gut, John, I knew this was not a good idea. 
I just had a, I just was. When are you going to learn, young lady, to follow that in God? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and sure enough, as soon as that door opened, bam, Zula was gone. There was not, I couldn't see anything. She was, she had vanished. And so um, I just started whistling and uh, doing the whistle and calling for her. Nothing, nothing, nothing. The snow is coming down. I can't see our track. They have, they were down a very, very long, what they call track, which is a roadway. And then around the fields, there are also tracks, which are roadways. I can't see the tracks. They're not really roadways. They're 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 like paths. They're like paths, yeah. So I decide the only thing I got to do is I, I think I saw the direction she went in. They told me to use the farm truck. Well, I, the farm truck was if I got in any trouble or if I ever needed it. So I said, okay, great. Got the keys. Getting in the farm truck by itself on the proper side, of course, it was, I could have fit my Mini Cooper underneath it. It was so high and it was so old. And the snow was coming in, and I could barely see anything. And I got on the pet, on the track that I thought Zula went up, and I started chugging up that <laughs> pitch black with barely the headlights seeing anything, with the window down, blowing the whistle, and hoping that she shows up. Well, I went as far as I dared, and then I finally said, okay, I got to trust that she's going to come back. I've got to trust that. Because I don't, I'm, I'm going to lose. I mean, we're talking about losing a dog on our first night there or second night there. Second night there. It was our second international pet sit up. Yeah. I was a mess. I was terrified. I mean, I was sweating. I was nervous. It was, I was keyed up. I also felt very proud of myself when I handled it. But then I came back and I, um, sure enough, I came back and parked this big, huge farm truck, walked around to the front door and there was Zula with the leg of a monk jack, which is a short-legged deer that they have a lot of in England. What she had done was she either downed a monk jack or she found found one down uh, in the afternoon. And that evening she went back to get me a gift. Yeah, she was very (laughs) proud of herself. So she was sitting there and you know, nothing wrong came over and said hi. The big thing, John, with that thing was (laughs) She was hip to hip with me from, from that, that point on. Forward. We really, it was a huge breakthrough in our trust. I would blow the whistle and she would poke up wherever she was. Her little head would come up from one of the hills or dales and check. And then I would blow the whistle and she'd know she can go. She'd come running, racing back. And to watch her run was, was really a beautiful sight. Uh, was she really. was so beautiful to watch. And she'd come running back just to check on Beth. And just, then she'd take off again. I have got to tell you, I was so happy she showed up. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a, a really big event and a big... When I got there the next day, um, finished the sit with Finn, drove up there. Bev had a lot to tell me about this whole uh, episode that she had the night before. I know. Well, I had to really come down from it. I actually slept in the living room with the potbelly, living room potbelly stove going with both the dogs just because I was I don't know, had to come down from it. But it was so fabulous. The, talk about that story about the two owners. Oh, my gosh. Who didn't know each this other. This was like the last day we were there. We were going to leave Hampstead Norries. They were, the Hampstead Norries people were coming back um, that day or the next day or something. But we had it covered. And we were leaving and we were going to London for a few days before the next pet sit. So Bev and I are out taking a walk, walking the dogs, 
and we get a message on our cell phone. And it's a video. Now get this. Susan and Mac in Swanick went on vacation. They were just concluding their vacation. Rebecca and Simon went on vacation. They were just beginning their vacation. The four of them, especially Rebecca and Susan, met in a bar on a Sunday afternoon (laughs) at the bar when they were ordering drinks and started to initiate a little chit-chat. They didn't know each other. Never met. Never, so they would just say, hey, how are you? You know, good, aren't you loving this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to travel more, but um, I have animals. And the other one said, yeah, I have animals too. But you know something? We are using these pet sitters, John and Bev. And then the other one said, oh, we're using these pet sitters, John and Bev. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they were a little tipsy anyhow, and they started laughing. They took a video and all screaming into the video, you're not going to believe what happened, you're not going to believe what happened. I mean, the odds of these two women meeting in Granada, uh, or Grenada, I'm not sure how do you pronounce it actually, (laughs) but you get the drift. And so funny. Uh, I mean, when one's coming and one's going, um, and Rebecca and Susan have stayed in touch. Yep, they become friends. And, and uh, I mean, it really is just uncanny. And we've had this kind of serendipitous activity happen more and more and more um, over the uh, course of our um, pet sitting. Um, and those were our first two. Yeah, I know. You know, yeah. and it was really, really kind of interesting. Should we do one more? Let's do one should, more. Should we do the third one after that? Let's do, Which yeah. was to, the reason I think this is so important is that this was totally different. This was way up. We had spent a few days, took a break in London, and had a great time around London, and then we went way up to Bishop Auckland, near um, kind of like Newbury, Newcastle. Newcastle, and all that. And then if we asked a lot of Brits, you know, have you been to Bishop Auckland? And they're going, where? Where's, where's, is that in this? Is that in where? the UK? Um, you know, and I mean, we must have asked 30 people or mentioned that we were going to Bishop Auckland next and they had no clue where Bishop Auckland was. It's a little town. It's a very town. And it was a depressed, it had suffered from the uh, mining business pulling out, the coal mining business pulling out. And so it was just barely starting to get back on its feet. So it wasn't, you know, it was kind of going through its hardships. But we were really excited because you got to sort of picture this. Swanick was like a suburb outside of Southampton. Hampstead Norries was in the country. It was a farm. Um, that's what that was. And then Bishop Auckland was an old uh, village. Yeah. Um, and we were staying in the oldest house in the village. That's right, 1550. It had been built, built in 1550. I mean... Yeah. So we were really excited about this oldest house in the village in 1550, and we had learned, uh, uh, Bev had done a lot of research and learned about the the closing of the mind and all kinds of now, activities. Now, did we have a car for that one? Yeah. Or did we did take the train? No, no, we, we didn't we take had, a train. We had the car, okay. No, no. <laughs> so, but we didn't get in the car much because, um, oh, this, now, Unlike the other two pets, you know what? You're what? absolutely right. I thought so. We had the, you, you're right. We had yeah. the car, and from uh, and we dropped that off in London, and yeah. we took the train. You're yeah, absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, yeah and it was kind that. of fun figuring out the train and all of that. It was. They picked us up at the train station. Yep. 
And so um, now this is a totally different, totally different and wonderful, wonderful people. They adopted or found four Bichons when from puppy mills and from being abused and just the stories were heartbreaking Awful. about these Awful. four. But they were four little puffballs and they were so freaking cute. I mean, we would sit around together and they would surround me when I was in one of those big easy chairs. That was that was great. And the town, we took them for that great, we took them for walks. Well, four of them, uh, John would, one of us was, we were doing a lot of video at that time. So yes. one of us was trying to handle the camera and the other one was trying to walk four <laughs> these little puffballs at one time. These leashes were in knots most no, of the We have was, pictures of the leashes being in knots and these four puffballs running around. Um, having the time of their lives. And it rained a good deal there. It was cold. And it was chilly. Yeah, it was really uh, cold. I mean, Bev said really cold. It was really cold. In fact, look, how cold was it? Bev? It was so cold that we actually got a, we bought a space heater <laughs> and, and gave it to the homeowners as a gift. <laughs> we couldn't do it any other way. But I loved the town. We got to know the tea shop um, really well. The gals at the tea. Matter of fact, they gave us a farewell card. Yep. And everyone in the shop signed it. Uh, they are, they, what was the story around the castle? Well, they have, you know, back, way back, you know, in the 1800s and the 1700s, 1800s, the bishop of um, Newcastle uh, was kind of like the king's right hand in that part of the world. Um, and and relied on the the bishop to handle those things. There was no separation of church and state. Uh, could even print his own currency. Uh, had his own uh, military machine, if you will. Um, and he had like a weekend house <laughs> in Bishop Auckland. And he uh, over the years that that castle, that sub castle or the second castle, kind of deteriorated, if you will. And there was a man who, uh, the story goes, he was the manager of a hedge fund in London, made a gazillion dollars, and decided he was going to bid on um, one piece of art that had been in the castle. And it was one painting from a set of... A dozen, I think. A dozen paintings um, of previous bishops or something. And um, he ultimately decided to buy all 12... And then once he bought all 12, he had to find a place to put the 12. Um, and he, so he bought the whole castle. So he created a foundation, and they were in the, in the process of restoring the castle. It was fascinating. Unbelievable. Beautiful grounds, and they had the Hunt Lodge, and they had... That was just wonderful. And he, they, he also was helping to uh, refurbish a museum, which has a relationship with the Prado, if you remember on in the... In Spain, yep. Yeah, in, so they had that going. And then, do you remember, we went to that wonderful gallery. Oh. Um, it was the Miners Gallery. It's an art gallery. And when, back in the mines, they couldn't, they didn't have photography, and they couldn't, they wanted to, the miners wanted to explain to their family what it was like to be underground. And so the miners started drawing pictures, paintings, and they were absolutely extraordinary. And so you have this little treasure of a gallery done by not known artists, but 
phenomenal artwork hidden away. So we had the tea time room. We had the um, the wonderful walk with the castle. We had the the museum, and we had those four precious little beach. Totally different scenario, and it was really we, you know we pretty much did the same thing every day. We'd get up, we'd have our coffee and our breakfast or whatever it was, we'd get the dogs ready, we'd take them for a walk, their their morning walk at least, and we'd put them on leashes, we'd take them down. Now, there, it was a small little village, only so many places to go. Yeah. So we'd take them and we'd walk around the castle or in the woods around the castle, etc. And we'd always stop in the tea room to mm-hmm. have our tea and with scone. The, with the dogs. And, and oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. And we, we got to know people, and people did. got to know the Yanks, and it was it just was such great fun. It was fabulous. That was a wonderful, and we did we took one tour. We did do one thing. We took the bus up oh, to yeah. Durham to see the Durham Castle, and um, which we had, of course okayed with the owners. They were fine with that. And I remember we were sitting on the local bus, oh, and that guy was talking, and we had no idea what he was. He saying. was Scottish. And he, you know, you got to picture this. We're taking the bus to Newcastle on Easter Sunday. To Durham on Easter Sunday. To Durham. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, to Durham, near Newcastle. And this was, the Durham Castle is where the bishop's, like, main home was. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's huge. And uh, we're, we're taking this bus on Easter Sunday to eat our Easter Sunday dinner in a Lebanese restaurant. That's right, that's right. <laughs> But do you and remember? this guy gets on the bus in all of his farm-looking outfit. Yeah, yeah. And he starts talking to us like we've been best friends since childhood. For like 20 minutes. And there were two ladies behind us laughing because they knew we didn't understand Not anything. a word. But we kept <laughs> nodding and smiling and nodding. And then finally he got up and walked out and got on the bus. And These they, women were tee-hee-hee, tee-hee-hee. <laughs> and we're, what the heck was he talking about? So I had, that was our launch. Those are our first three international sits. And obviously we just got hooked. And uh, we, were do, we did them back-to-back. We were out for, the first time we went out for, we were out for a year. We didn't come back to the U.S. for a year. And, uh, oh, jeez. And Bev didn't want to come back. No, I didn't. It I was... mean, if we had, if you had said there's another pet sit in another place, um, we would have taken it. Now, part of the reason we were in England after four months uh, there is because of the Schengen zone, which I think we've referred to yeah. before. You had to go back to England. You ha- England's not signatory to the Schengen Agreement, so... If you run out of, if you've been in the Schengen zone for 90 days, you have to leave for 90 days. Well, you can always go back to England because you can stay there for six months. And um, that's what we did. And uh, we stayed for a period of time. And yeah, oh in, my in God, Europe. And then we went back to England. Yeah. Um, because we were a little confused as to, <laughs> you know, you just unravel it a little bit at a time. But that's it. That's what we wanted to share some stories. And we're going to do this from time to time, as we promised, to share stories. Because it really gives you an insight of what this lifestyle is like. And this lifestyle um, will be back on track when things get under control right now. COVID, of course, has brought it pretty much to a standstill. We've had three pet sits cancel, as I yep. and so, But we'll still be going back up to Georgia um, for a pet sit in a month. And then we'll head back home, back to Arizona. Maybe. 
Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. We've decided to tour the national parks. Yeah, we're going to do the Smoky Mountains. And mm-hmm. um, so we'll see when we go back to our home, which is rented till the end of March. Uh, but it gives you a sense of what we have been bitten by and smitten by uh, and why we love it so much. So um, we love sharing these episodes with you. If you have any questions, just contact us. Uh, share, please share this so that if you know of anyone who might be interested in this kind of local travel, really authentic travel, please share it. And we'll keep telling stories about a few more of the sits because people love to hear the stories. We think, we're told, they love to hear the stories, our stories on the road. So we're going to keep doing it until you tell us to stop. Please stop! (laughs) All right, so there you have it. Be well. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Enjoy the game. Thanks for listening to Travel by Pet Sitting. This is Bev. And this is John. And we'll see you on the road.